You've seen it everywhere. The media is all on top of Ole Miss. They're overrated this. Easy schedule. Joke of a team. Yada, yada, yada. Everybody's doing it. Why? Ole Miss has been the media darlings for a while, and now all of a sudden they're the heel of college football. I'll tell you why in just a second on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting or upvoting the video as well. So thank you very much for that. So, you might have noticed over the last couple of weeks a sour tone coming from the media and their whole opinion of Ole Miss is completely overrated. This is all fool's gold. And they're almost trying too hard to do it because this Ole Miss team, even though we all expected them to go 6-0, they didn't. And let me tell you why. They have an impression of the transfer portal and transfer athletes – like I told you two or three months ago, similar to the way Kansas State was with JUCOs back in the early 2000s when Michael Bishop was out running around. And I told you, they had locked and loaded their narratives right then of what they were going to do depending on what Ole Miss did. Now that it is readily apparent that this worked, this experiment worked for Lane Kiffin with all these transfer athletes, the talent infusion has been off the charts for Ole Miss football. You move on to either, because they had two narratives locked and loaded. One was the, oh, you can never win college football. I don't know why Ole Miss expected to do that in the transfer portal. This one is diminishing. It's like, well, they're winning, but you know they're doing it in the transfer portal. They're not doing it the way it's supposed to be done. And that impression of the transfer portal and transfer athletes in general is leading a little bit of a narrative. And I tell you that to tell you this. Being a national media person is difficult. It really is. There's there's certain things that need to be constant. And if they're not constant, you have trouble doing what you need to do because you don't have enough memory to get it all done. You can't pay attention to everybody. So you need teams like Notre Dame to be good. You need teams like Texas to be good. You need Oklahoma. These people that you always see as soon as they can get ranked just because it makes it a little bit easier for them if there's like, okay, this team, this team, and this team. And that's the reason that Blue Bloods exist. It's not because these programs are perennial winners. It's because it helps the media and the people covering the sport and allows them to be able to sound effective in covering all these things. Well, the transfer portal has upset the apple cart, so to speak. Back in the old days, whenever recruiting high school players was the really only way 
that you could successfully build a roster, opinions were made and they were passed on and you saw all of this going on in the national media. JUCOs were frowned upon because those were outside the norm. Now, with the transfer portal and the one-time transfer, all of a sudden, 15 or something, something like that, 15 teams out of their preseason top 25 are not ranked right now. It made it harder to do because they don't have enough memory to get it done. And because of that, in their own rigid system, they needed Ole Miss to not be good. They needed this to not work. So everybody could go back to recruiting high school players and doing the things that they were doing instead of exposing them for what they are. Because nobody, nobody can cover 130 teams in college football respectably, respectfully or respectably because it's just too much information. It's almost too much information if you think about it just covering inside of Ole Miss. Think about how much, how many news stories come out and things coming out of all the different teams over the course of the year and how busy the writers can appear to be. Now picture that times 130, 140. So you need to have constants. The Oklahoma's always going to be good. Well, we can put Notre Dame in the top five. Hey, Texas should be ranked. Texas is back. And now they're really excited. If you hear everybody, Tennessee. Tennessee might actually be back. They're not, but to them, they might be. They could be the constant in a very unconstant year. And there's two teams. You've got the old school team, that brand name that everybody knows, Tennessee, and you've got the one doing it the new way in Ole Miss. They're both SEC, so they always they are, they don't get the benefit of the doubt, or they do get the benefit of the doubt, depending on who's talking about it. Anyway, but Tennessee is viewed as doing it the right way, I guess. I don't know. Um, but Ole Miss is viewed as the transfer portal. They don't really talk about USC because USC is out on the, in the, uh, towards the Pacific and the West and nobody's paying attention. But Ole Miss is an SEC school. And they're going to ratchet up the narrative and hope that Ole Miss drops a game. Because they are locked and loaded with their, you can't build a program through the transfer portal tags. They've had it all year, ready to go the first time Ole Miss lost. You heard the announcers in the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game openly rooting for Vanderbilt to put that away. Why? Why are they rooting for that? Against Kentucky, they were doing the same thing. Ole Miss is becoming the heel of college football. So I put out a tweet yesterday and it just simply said, get your mind rights because it is Ole Miss versus everybody this year. And that is absolutely the case. As long as Ole Miss is winning and the more attention that is heaped on Ole Miss right now, everybody is rooting against Ole Miss except Ole Miss fans. It's the weirdest thing. It's not them doing anything that's particularly different. They're the same team they were last year or the year before when they were the media darlings. But the difference is the reliance on the transfer portal this year. And you can't have a take that you can't build a team through the transfer portal if a team is building a team 
through the transfer portal. And you know people like to defend takes. No doubt there. They're going to defend it to the end. But this is just kind of a silly take. Kind of a silly thing. And I guess people can root for what they want to root for, but it's not really something that is going to be particularly good or necessarily effective, honestly. So when you hear the media talking, when ESPN, when Kirk Herbstreit leaves Jonathan Mingo out of his weekend top performers, even though he had 250 yards receiving and two touchdowns, when that gets left out, it's intentional. It's intentional. People want college football to be the way they remember it. 1997, 2007, you hear me talk about it all the time. And now that it's completely changed, they're trying to figure out a way to put the toothpaste back in the tube. They can't do it, though. So, Lane Kiffin has a big game. Ole Miss is a 14.5-point favorite over Auburn. Over-unders at 54 points. It's an 11 a.m. game on ESPN. It's a game, if you listen to the Locked On Auburn show, I listened to Zach Blackerby yesterday talking about it, and, and they're downtrodden. They... Um, they had a guest on there that's like an Auburn message board legend, and he talked about how he, he was genuinely concerned that Ole Miss would beat them worse than Georgia did. Because we're going to talk about this in the second segment when they're what to watch for. It's like, how do you defend Auburn? Because in the comment section earlier this week, somebody asked me to do that. So on the second segment, we're going to break down how do you defend Auburn? And... I'll get into that a little bit, but for right now, this media narrative that is going on, ignore it, Ole Miss fans. Have fun. Enjoy Ole Miss football because this whole thing is supposed to make you not enjoy Ole Miss football. They're upset about it. Um, the media can't stand a confident Ole Miss, and a person can't stand a confident Ole Miss fan. So if you're confident and you think you're going to win – and you think you have a good football team, and you walk around and feel good about yourself, well, that can't stand. You're not a team that's supposed to feel that way. There's a history through the NCAA of, of that happening over and over and over again. Heck, our NCAA history pops up every time we um, develop into a good program. All of this is intertwined, but... The one thing that we need to keep in mind right now is to have fun and to enjoy this. 17-3 and three over the last 20 games. 13-game home winning streak. The last team, I think they said in the comments yesterday, the last team that beat us was Auburn in 2020. Whenever their guy on the kickoff touched the ball, they ruled it he didn't and cost us the game. So we'll see how it goes. It, it could go either way. Jarquez Hunter versus Quinshawn Jenkins. You got two people that Jarquez Hunter probably wanted to go to Ole Miss. Quinchon Judkins probably wanted to go to Auburn. They're on the opposite sides, and they will compete Saturday in Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. Anyway, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster 
and for free. So build a profile and um, hook it up with the hashtag hiring frame, then add your job and purple hiring frame to the profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn jobs slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Please leave a five-star review on both of those. Um, that you can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others find the show. Um, whenever you search Ole Miss podcast on the Google machine, boom, Locked On Ole Miss podcast comes up. So we're into our what to watch for segment. And... And today, what to watch for is how Ole Miss is going to defend Auburn. Now, the question is, when you watch Auburn film, because it's so scattershot and they're so offensively deficient at this moment, it's kind of hard to break down exactly what they are. But looking at them, I think there's three players that you need to pay attention to. Now, there's other ones that can make plays. I'm not saying there aren't. But there's three players that Ole Miss probably needs to keep an eye on. The first two are the running backs, Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bixby. Um, Auburn wants to run the ball. They want to power run. They want to play murder ball in this game because they need to. They want this to go slow. If it gets in third and long, if they get behind the chains, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Their number one reception candidate and receiving weapon is probably John Samuel Shanker, um, the tight end. So between him and Tank Bigsby and all that, that, those are the three players that Ole Miss probably needs to know where they are. Now, I expect Robbie Ashford is going to throw a couple to Ole Miss players. I think Robbie Ashford's going to struggle a little bit. I think he was 13 for 38 or something like that at Georgia um, over the weekend. He threw for 130 yards, and 60 of them was on one pass. So he didn't have a great day. But a lot of that was the fact that they just couldn't block Georgia. And a lot of that was also the fact that Auburn, for whatever reason, called out Georgia in that pregame. So how would you defend against two running backs and a tight end in the receiving game? It's very similar to, uh, honestly, what Auburn did a little bit last year. They just, they just might do it out of the shotgun instead of under center. Now, I expect them to zone read, and I expect I expect – Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter to get 20 touches apiece um, in this game. I think they're going to lean on it after a road game where they got beat up a little bit. They're going to desperately try and stay ahead of the chains. So what Ole Miss needs to do is completely sell out to stop the run. Um, They do the 3-2-6, but they have the four-man front. I would do a four-man front. I would drop um, one of the um, safeties in at linebacker. You have Kari Coleman, you have Cedric Johnson on the outside, and then you have like Otis Reese and Troy Brown as the two, and it's like a 4-2-5 instead of a 3-2-6. And 
if you sell out and just stack the box to the point where you, you're going to have different rules in this defense regardless, but if you can slow them down, similarly to the way that you slowed down Chris Rodriguez for Kentucky, as slow as they played, and as explosive as you are, you have a chance to win this in a walkaway, honestly. But the key will be stopping the run against Auburn. That is the whole thing. You need to clog up the middle of the field, make them run outside, use your team speed to run it down, and find a way to get them in third and six plus. If you do that, you're going to be in good shape. Now, Tag Bigsby, good player. I talked to him yesterday, described him like um, Grandma's China in the chest that nobody uses for fear that it might get broken or messed up. It's really pretty. It's a great athlete, but they don't use it. I think this game they use it a little bit. I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to use that. And Jarquez Hunter, I think they're going to throw um, screen passes. I think they're going to try to utilize John Samuel Shanker. Um, Robbie Ashford, when he's on, he can throw a decent corner route. So stuff like that will be something to pay attention to. Now, Ole Miss needs to tackle fairly well. That That's step one. They need to tackle well. They need to come there with the game face on. They need to do what they have to do. But if you can force them into third and medium to long, third and six to ten, I'm not even talking about extended yardage, just six to ten, if you do that, Auburn is going to struggle. When a normal team might convert third and six 35% of the time or something like that, Auburn's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15. So if you do that, you put your defense in an analytically good position to see exactly where um, you can make the stops and do exactly what needs to be done. Now, there's going to be a couple first downs where Robbie Ashford breaks contain and scrambles for it. That's part of the game. That's part of putting an athletic quarterback as somebody that can make that um, happen. The key thing is to not overly change what's going on. You have Troy Brown. You have Corey Coleman. You have even Austin Keys. You have linebacker groups that potentially you can spy him. But I, honestly, I would make him earn it first. Play him straight up and then spot. If, if you need to spy him, then spy him. But until then, play him straight up. That's probably the way I would handle that. But basically, when you play defense, clog up the middle, force them to throw the ball, try and get them into third and sixth and longer. If you do that, you're going to be all right defensively. So I hope that answered um, your question. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Chocolate dough. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Although... Do you really make cookie dough? Um, anyway, run to Built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can really hide it and just hoard it for yourself. 
You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. That's all one word, LOCKEDON15, to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation too by upvoting and commenting in the section below. Anyway, I'm here with Derek Vandy Griff. We're going to talk a little bit of Ole Miss football. And Derek, one thing I've noticed over the last couple of days is the national media types the Kirk Herb Streets, the R.J. Youngs, those guys, yeah. they, they're they like a combination of being directly hostile to Ole Miss and ignoring them completely. What do you think about that? Uh, it's just kind of the way it's always been, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, Lane's done a good job since he got here trying to, trying to change the narrative here at Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, it's going to take people a little bit of time to, to come, come around to what he's building here. You know, uh, it's – you can tell this is a little different than than what Hugh Freeze did here, right? Like you, you can see the the foundation and the long term uh, projection of this program, the way Lane has built it and the job that he's doing. And you know he's he's really putting emphasis, obviously, on the fans buying in. And and you know when when we have a good product on the field, it doesn't take a whole lot for Ole Miss fans to support whatever program it is. But it seems to take a lot longer for it to. Uh, for it to take a hold of the national media types, kind of like you're talking about. And, you know, the only way to change that is is to keep winning. You know, we're, what is it, 17-3 and three in our last 20, 20 for our last 25, you know. Uh, mm. you, you, you go look at the list of teams that fall into that category, and, you know, they're all big-time programs that have won, obviously, a lot over the last few years. And, you know, Ole Miss just isn't brought up as much as those other teams uh but you know just just keep taking care of business right now you know things are set up nicely for us you know we've this is where the meat of our schedule is it's where we've got to make our hay you know and you can't overlook any of them i I know auburn's down a little bit but uh you know that's a really really tough game for us i think we've all what is it like 20 of our last 26 against auburn something like that um, and then obviously LSU next week, Bama at Arkansas, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, it's it's a really tough stretch. But you know, you look at what Lane's done here, though, and and he's he's built it with uh, with a really good culture, with the players, with with the fans and the people around the program that that really buy into what he's doing, and and you can tell that it's really working for him. Yeah, pretty good. And since this video, I'm going to replay it Sunday night. I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second because you weren't expecting this. Uh, any any update for fall baseball? Dude, I'm telling you. That, have you seen the exit velocities coming out of these scrimmages and such? I, I think we've had uh, four or five scrimmages here in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. And uh, obviously the, the name that you expect to see on it, every single scrimmage is Kemp Alderman. You know, he's usually right up there at the top. But, man, Will Furness is on that list literally every single scrimmage he is smoking the ball right now um 
couple freshman pitchers have come in and are really throwing the ball well right now. Uh, but yeah, Furnace is one that's that's really caught my attention. You know, if we could have that that left-handed bat uh, find its way on the field after losing Kevin Graham, you know, plug him back in there if if he's able to find his way to the field. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but he's uh, the the JUCO third baseman that came in. Uh, he's he seems to be playing really well and, you know, re- really high exit velocities, you know, that, and that's kind of what you look for in, uh, in the SEC, guys that can drive the ball. If they can hit the ball hard consistently, they're eventually going to either get over the wall or consistently find the grass in the outfield. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to be going pretty well right now. Oddly enough, the coaching staff seems to still be pretty good at finding talent. Who would have thought? Yeah, um, and Will Furnace, that is Eddie Furnace's son, for those who might not know, LSU legend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and, and I'm telling you, if, if you hadn't seen it, just go back to the Ole Miss Analytics Twitter account and just kind of scroll back through it from the last few scrimmages. You're going to see him on there, 102, 103, 105, 106 mile an hour exit velocities. I mean, he's just absolutely smoking the ball right now. They actually had a video of one of his home runs from the – from the scrimmage the other day that he hit and uh, looks like he's got a pretty good swing on him, you know? And, and so if he can find his way onto the field, plug that left hand to bat in there to go with Kemp Alderman and Gonzalez and those guys, you know, uh, go ahead and start seasoning him up. And, you know, this, this offense might, might not take too big of a step back. Yeah. It should be interesting to see. Now let's move on to the game um, this weekend against Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, if you listen to the Locked On Auburn podcast, if you go over there and listen to those guys, they don't have much hope for this game. In fact, one of their experts that was on earlier this week actually said this game had a chance to be a bigger blowout than the Georgia game because of what we do. So they're, we're not dealing with a team with high morale, a fan base with high morale. So what do you see in this game? Well, I mean, not, not only do they not have high morale, it's not – as talented of a team as you're used to Auburn bringing in year in and year out, right? They, you know, they're, they're down to basically their last quarterback, you know, two, two of them's out for the year with surgeries and uh, which Ashford's a really athletic kid. You know, he, he can really hurt you with your feet if you let him. Uh, but the key there is to not let him and make him make plays down the field with his arm, which is something that he's shown that he just isn't capable of doing, at least not yet at this point in his career. Um, they're not very good on the offensive line, you know, up, up front, they're a, a shell of themselves from what you're used to seeing in years past at Auburn. And, you know, the defense was supposed to be pretty good coming into this year. You know, that's kind of what they were going to hang their hat on and kind of rely on that defense to keep them into games. And, you know, they, they've played well at times, but, but you can tell that they just don't have the same caliber players on that side of the ball that you're used to seeing, especially up front. And, and, you know, that's that's usually where they call so much havoc for teams in years past. And uh, But not only that, kind of, kind of like you're talking about the morale, the buy-in, all that, you know, they can see the writing on the wall. They know what's coming. Uh, it's up to that coaching staff to get those guys up to play every single week. And, you know, when when they know that that's not the guy that's going to be leading them very much longer, that's a really tough job to uh, – to get those guys up every week and and kind of to your point with the locked on locked on Auburn guys thinking this could be a bigger blowout than Georgia you know I I totally agree with them because this that that game with Georgia you know that's the oldest rivalry in the south Mm -hmm. right I mean you you shouldn't have to say too much to your players to get them up for that kind of a big game 
uh, that, that you play every single year, and especially the way Georgia is now, you know, that just kind of adds fuel to the fire as far as the, the hatred and the intensity to that. And so, you know, com- coming off of a big emotional game like that against a, a rival like that, you know, it's a key letdown spot, 11 o'clock in the morning, on the road against a really, really good and sound old Miss team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree with them. Yeah, and a sellout. The place, place will be sold out yeah. again. Um, also, yeah. they gave up like 290 yards rushing to Georgia and like 290 yeah. yards rushing to Penn State. If they can't stop the run against Ole Miss, this thing will be over at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really in trouble if they can't do something there, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, against Georgia, that's one that you thought they would put a huge emphasis on stopping the run, right? You know, uh, Stetson Bennett's been fine this year. You know, just like he was last year, he was fine. He's not blowing you away with really anything. Uh, so you, you, you want to crowd that box and, and make him beat you with the weapons on the outside. And then Georgia has plenty of them, don't get me wrong. But uh, but that's where you want them to go to beat you, and they weren't able to make him beat them out there. And and if they come in with that same game plan against Ole Miss, and you know if if they think they can come in there and give up almost 300 yards rushing and be in this game, I mean, Lord, it's it's long to be 300 yards by the end of the first half because Lane's gonna sit there and pound it on them. Yeah, he, he if it works, he's gonna make them stop it before he does something yeah. else. Now, what are you looking for in this game? What's something you have your eye out for? Uh, well, I mean, obviously the running game is kind of the big thing every single week for us, right? You know, you, you want to see us uh, keep keep feeding the rock and, and improving there. Uh, Caleb Bourne, you want to make sure he's healthy, right? You know, if he, he played a good bit last week for us, uh, but he's obviously a real, a real key for us this year because of the snap problems we've had when he's been out. So, uh, you know, if, if he does end up playing, which I'm sure he will, you – you get him in there, you try to pad a lead, get up three touchdowns or so, and you got to get him out of there. We we got to do a better job of getting those kind of guys out of the game when it's a little bit out of hand because uh, we've we've got a bunch of big weeks coming up, you know. And uh, and then defensively, you know, you, you, you want to keep seeing us get pressure on the quarterback. You know, we're going to have to step up and stop the run. I would imagine that's going to be their focal point. Uh, Auburn offensively, that is, is try to run it on us and – and try to make us adjust a little bit. But, you know, we, we need to stop the run against them and, and force uh, Ashford to try to make some throws against us. Uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of the same old playbook with Ole Miss right now. You know, we're we're not in a position to where we have to force stuff on other teams. You know, they, they have to play against us. And we've kind of dictated both sides of the ball a little bit, really, all year. You know, we, we've kind of done whatever we wanted to do and we've made them adjust to try to beat us rather than us having to adjust to what they're doing. Yeah, I, I assume that Auburn is going to play basically the same game plan that Vanderbilt did, and yeah. they are going to do it with worse players. Now, Tank Bigsby, he super talented. Jarquez Hunter, yeah. super talented. Mm-hmm. They yeah. do not have a Will Shepard. They do not have an A.J. Swan on that team. No, so, I don't. yeah, I just don't see any way that Auburn can really make hay in this game. Yeah. So before we get yeah, out of here, what's the prediction line, of this game? Oh, the, the prediction, I'm going to mm-hmm. go uh, 31 to 10. I think the Rebels get off to a hot start. Uh, like I said, kind of try to get some guys out of there, probably towards the end of the third quarter, you know, give up a garbage touchdown in the fourth to get them to 10. And, uh, you know, Rebels get out healthy and, and get ready to 
travel down to the bayou for a big 230 CBS game. Yeah, that that one should be a lot of fun. We needed sunshine. We got sunshine. I did That's not right. want an ESPN night game for LSU. No. Yeah, I, I don't believe too much in history and all this. Like, Auburn has won so many against us. That doesn't really pertain to this thing. But that's the one game that – a night game in Tiger Stadium, I, I do not want. Give me 11 o'clock. Will Matt Luke this bad boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You you never want to go in there when the sun goes down. You mm-hmm. you give those guys down there a good, you know, nine, ten hours, get good and liquored up by the time you walk into that stadium. And, you know, you, you know you're in for it that day. Yeah, it's something else. But anyway – um, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Every day host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Derek, thank you very much for stopping by. Um, hopefully this weekend goes the way we need it to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. We've got, got a couple more to get through before the, the really big one gets here. Yeah, it's coming, and there's there's a chance for some hiccups that all three of these teams can beat Ole Miss, but if Ole Miss can get to Alabama undefeated, Man, it's, that it's game could be, be fun. It's going to be yeah. a zoo. All right, anyway, buddy. take you later. All right, hi, Toddy. Hi, Toddy.